Welcome to Why Gifts Matter from the Core Gift Institute, a series of conversations spanning helping professions, spiritual traditions, and community encouragers who believe that knowing your gifts and giving them is an essential part of living a full life and creating healthy communities. Find out more about us at www.coregift.org. Hello, Bruce Anderson from the Core Gift Institute. In today's episode of Why Gifts Matter, we're going to interview uh, Katie Elliott from England. I met Katie a while back, and we've done a bit of work together, and she is someone who has uh, taken this gift idea um, and run with it in many different ways in her own life and in lives with the people that she's working with. So I wanted to interview her, and I was sitting down thinking about questions I wanted to ask her, and um, and I only came up with one question, and the question is only one word. Why? What is it about gifts and core gifts and this idea of a purposeful life that has so captured you in so many ways? Um, you talk about it from a heart level. You talk about it from an intelligence level. You talk about it from a daily work level. Uh, so I'm really anxious just to find out more what Katie thinks about uh, this idea of gifts and how it's uh, impacted her life. She is the owner of Little Challenges, which she'll tell you a bit more about. Um, it's an amazing organization. She does writing and she does speaking and she's a jazz musician and um, and she's a gift aficionado, and there's just so many nooks and crannies to her experience uh, that she's just fascinating to uh, to listen to and learn more about. And w- within all of that capability in Katie, um, there's a humility that begins to come out um, immediately that makes you really appreciate uh, who she is as a person and what she's trying to accomplish in the world. And so let's get at it and talk with Katie. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Well, good morning, Katie. I'm so glad to talk to you. Um, you know, you and I have such great conversations about gifts, and we've done some uh, done some work together with groups. And so, I just wanted to to uh, I guess my my first inclination is just to have you uh, talk a little bit about where you live, and so people can get a, a place of you in the world. And just a little bit about um, your organization, Little Challenges, and, and what it does so people might be able to have a, a touchstone for that as you're talking. Great. So where I live, I live at the southern end of the Cotswold Escarpment in the UK, so in the west of the UK. Um, I live at the bottom of a big hill, and at the top of the hill there's a wood full of bluebells and wild garlic at the moment and so I spend a lot of my time out walking and thinking in the outdoors as much as I can but when I'm not doing that I run a project called Little Challenges and the idea of that is to try and find really simple relatable practical things that can make quite a profound difference in our everyday lives and our our ability to be a bit kinder to ourselves, be a bit happier, a bit healthier, and um, and and do what's most meaningful to us. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's great. So, I ran into you through um, through a mutual friend in uh, in England, 
and you uh, you came to a, a core gift uh, workshop, and then I didn't talk to you for a while, and then um, then I talked to you you know after a few months and found out that you'd gone out and done twenty or thirty core gift interviews. Usually people kind of make a slow start at this and work their way into it. So what what grabbed a hold of you? What was the seed that just made you go, oh, there's something to this? Well, actually, the seed had been there for some time before that. So I nearly had the opportunity to do the training sometime earlier, a few years ago. And there was, we had a few near misses, you and me, because you came, you came over here and you were doing some work and I almost met you twice, I think. And I had read up about this work and something instantly resonated with me in a way that was not like anything else that I'd experienced before. I can't quite describe it, but I just knew that there was something there that mattered to me really deeply. And it sounds ridiculous. And I know you, I've told you this before, but um, at one point I was on holiday in France and I got a message from our mutual friend saying that you were over here doing some training and, and I, I could have done that but I'd made a decision that I was going to do some other things and I didn't, I didn't do that training. And so I missed out on the opportunity to be there and take part in that workshop. And I was having a really lovely holiday, but I remember getting this email and reading about what you were doing and reading some more about gift work. And despite the fact I was having a really good time, I burst into tears because something in me just knew that I really, really, really wanted to learn about this. So when the opportunity came up again, I, I made sure that I was in the right place at the right time and just instantly wanted to go out and start exploring it. Huh. So it sounds like it's more than more than a curiosity. You're you're you know, you're borderline talking about a calling. And so what is it? Have you had a chance? That's been a while now. Have you had a chance to think about what the, the seed of that desire is? Why? Uh, I think it's, well, it's, it's always tied up with the journey that we've been on, isn't it? And so for me, I, in my life, I've, I'd spent a lot of time feeling a bit broken. So I'd had a very long struggle with my mental health for about 30 odd years and had really come to see myself in terms of what I couldn't do and what was wrong with me. And I think the reason why I instantly loved everything that I read about gift work was because it gave me hope that the things that I sensed I had to offer were not just valid, but they were as important as anybody else's contribution to the world. And I, I really, I'd, I was really struggling to see myself in that way. I was coming from a place of feeling as though there wasn't a lot to hope for, if I'm honest. Um, and so I, I guess something that's strong in, in my gift and in my life is this desire to see people for who they really are and what they bring and how beautiful that is, rather than trying to fit everybody into boxes that look I hesitate to say the word normal um, but you know trying to trying to um, 
define people in terms of what they can't do or what they're not. Yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by that, Katie, because I, I keep having this experience in my own life and and um, and keep meeting people. Like I'll meet, I'll meet you, I meet you know, a friend in my community, I'll meet, be doing some coaching with an executive. And at some point in the conversation, when we're talking about gifts, I think every single time this idea that somehow there's a part of me that's a fraud and people are going to discover how incapable I really am. And it seems like everybody I've met has a little niche in their brain that they've reserved for that thought. And the idea of gifts seems to, seems to have some tempering force around that, some way to make that not quite such an all-consuming part of their story. Yeah, I, I think another thing that I personally find very powerful is the fact that it takes me out of a mindset that is competitive that's kind of scarcity based and it allows me to inhabit a space that feels collaborative and optimistic and creative so um before i did the work that i do now for quite some time i was working as a professional musician and uh, i had a lot of insecurity i was constantly assessing how good i was in relation to other people and why somebody had hired this person instead of me and what did that say about me and what did I need to do to be better and um, maybe I would be better if I sounded more like this other musician you know maybe I needed to change the way I wrote music or the way I performed music and it was and, and the idea of tuning into my gift gives me permission I think to stop trying to be someone else badly because <laughs> I never did it very well um, and to start really questioning what it would take to be me well, you know, uh -huh. what, would, what would it look like if I were to be more me, if I were to be more committed to expressing the uniqueness of that rather than apologizing for it and trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're, you, you've said to me a few times, it's my favorite British phrase you've said which you're talking about exactly now. Stop trying to be a poor version of someone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, well, that 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 leads us to your core gift. So, um, what's what? Tell us what. Tell us what your gift is. So, my core gift is helping others to find a bridge from here to there. Wow. And so, it's just so clear in you that you know you're a jazz musician and that's what jazz is about creating bridges from here to there within the within the music and you know little challenges as you're trying to help people move forward and doing these core gift interviews were you were you aware early in your life that everything you were doing was connected by that same thread no i, I don't think i was but i i've always had a sense of um well, I'm sure most people feel like they don't fit in. I think it's probably part of the human condition, but I'd always had a very strong sense that if I felt like I was starting to become part of something, I would always be looking beyond it. So I've always been interested in 
who's not in the room, you know, what's not being said. I, I, I notice that I get really uncomfortable if, I, if I'm in a group where there's lots of agreement and, and perhaps it feels like it's a bit closed. Um, and I, you know, I notice it wherever I am. When I'm inside, I'm always looking out a window. So I feel as if there's something really deep in me that's about reaching beyond where I am to somewhere else and trying to make connections. Whether, you know, when I used to run a jazz club, part of what I loved about that experience was when people walked into the room, if somebody came in and they were on their own, I would instantly, if they wanted to, be finding people that they might like to be introduced to or they might like to sit with. Uh, so there's always been a desire to welcome and form new connections. But but also that that bridging idea works really well in terms of the fact that I've done loads of work in my life, which is about trying to take complex ideas and reduce them down so that they feel more readily comprehensible. So the first work that I did after I, I dropped out of university when I was 20 and um, I was doing some music teaching and I discovered that the children I was teaching were finding music theory, the basic kind of learning how to read and write music in the way that it was being taught then, they were finding it quite dry and inaccessible. So I, um, I came up with a new way of conveying that information and making it more playful. And I ended up writing a series of books that were puzzle based and that had lots of cartoons in them to try and take that information and make it feel like something that they could have fun interacting with. So that's also another part of that, that bridging quality, I think, trying to take something that feels alien and in some way make it feel familiar. So it, I, looking back now, I can see those tendencies cropping up from when I was really young, but I would never have known how to spot that pattern until now. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So you've done a lot of core gift interviews. So what's been your, what's been, you know, a few learnings along the way you keep, you keep doing them over and over again. I haven't noticed you've lost any energy in, in saying, yes, I'd love to do that with you. So what's the, what are, just, just talk a little bit about your experience of doing those interviews and what keeps attracting you to it. Um, well, well, for a start, it feels like the most incredible privilege that people would open up and, and talk about the things that are most meaningful to them. That just, that moves me, the idea that I get to witness that process. Like there's one question which is around what deep desire or yearning do you have that you don't think other people see in you? Or if they do, they don't know how important it is. It's something along those lines. And I always feel a little bit nervous before I ask that question, because it seems like such an intimate question to ask of somebody, particularly if you haven't known that person beforehand. Um, so there's this sense of awe, I think, um, because I, I find I find people impossibly beautiful and to be able to 
get to know them a little bit and to ask about the things that really, really matter most. I don't know. I can't imagine ever getting bored of doing that. I think I probably spent my life wanting to have those conversations and having them in really inappropriate situations. I'm not very good at small talk and I tend to want to ask the big questions. So in a sense, this is the perfect environment for me. <laughs> There's a couple of questions like that one, you know, an, an unexpressed yearning. Um, there's a couple questions that I think that have that immediate depth to them. But what surprises me is most of the other questions are pretty surface level questions. What's a job you've never had? What's a food that's like you? Who's somebody you have a respect for? They aren't, they aren't difficult or probing or really intimate questions at all. And, and yet people's answers are often that exactly. So it's, it's just made me, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm just in awe of the, of the opportunity to be able to do that with people. And people have a genuine desire to go to those places of depth and intimacy. The minute that they see that there's a, um, a safe you know, place to do that. I think there's this deep yearning in people that you trigger when you give them that opportunity. Yeah. And actually, if I think about the rest of my core gift statement, so, you know, the first part is about being a bridge from here to there, but then the second part is I give it by helping them to be completely present in the moment. Well, that's kind of a useful thing to be if you're going to do a core gift interview. <laughs> and then the next part is to share the rich truth of who they are. So no wow, <laughs> And then the third thing is, to get to the heart of what's important <laughs> and the final part of my my statement is and to know that no matter what happens we can always turn it into something beautiful wow can you can can i ask you just to say that all in a row again those are such beautiful individual phrases i'd love to hear it all together i know that's a memory test for you it's, it's yeah so my core gift is helping people to find a bridge from here to there. I give it by helping them to be completely present in the moment, to share the rich truth of who they are, to get to the heart of what's important, and to know that no matter what happens, we can always turn it into something beautiful. Wow. Well, if I had to go out searching for someone that had a gift that was exactly matched to doing core gift interviews with people, it would be that gift. That's amazing. Amazing. So I want to so ask you. That's why it made me cry when <laughs> I came across this book. Because you, say, you often say that people will have a really strong emotional response when they're getting close to it. Mm -hmm. which, which is what you notice, isn't it? When you're doing interviews, yeah. you'll see that sometimes people will just well up and they'll be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed. I remember the first time that that I did it. I, I remember the hair on my arms tingling. I have that memory of it right now on my forearms. The hair just started tingling. Yeah. I don't trust people that don't, when you do a gift interview with them and they don't have any um, physical reaction, any body reaction to it. I think it's this beautiful thing of being seen for who you really are and you're 
your body at some level is acutely aware of that too. And, you know, in addition to your mind and your emotion. But the difference is you're seeing people know they're being seen for this deep beauty of who they are. It's not some kind of probing, probing fear-based, you know, your, your, your trauma story thing. It's you're really seeing them for this beauty. And so I've learned over time when people have those reactions, it's, it's, it's they're having a feeling of awe that somebody is actually seeing this beautiful place inside of them, you know? Yeah. So I know you've gone out and uh, done gift interviews with lots of people. And I've heard that lately you're, you're uh, getting, uh, you know, pairs of people in workplaces who want to have better working relationships and, and both know their core gift and talking with them about that. And so what, tell me about uh, some of the follow-up things that you've done and what you've discovered by doing that. Well, I've been really interested to see what happens when you have two people who know their gift and then you have the opportunity to have conversations together to be curious about how those gifts might interact, to think about where people might not be able to see things because their gifts might be really similar, where there might be friction um, through no fault of anyone's, you know, simply because there's a bit of a clash in the way that they feel compelled to show up in the world. So I'm really excited by exploring that because I feel as though our, our communication and our understanding of one another could, could be transformed if gifts were more part of the conversation. When I think now of the way that I find myself behaving sometimes, which has in the past been unfathomable to me, now I have a language to talk about that and to express that. And I was thinking about a situation with my partner just the other weekend where, where I went into full, <laughs> full on gift mode. I couldn't help myself. And I could see that it really wasn't, it wasn't helping. It wasn't what was required in that moment. In the past, I probably would have just stubbornly kept plugging away and trying to, you know, trying to make myself heard trying to dominate things with with my viewpoint but because now I have that sense of what my gift is in the back of my mind all of the time it meant that I was able to see that I was I, I was just overusing it and that it wasn't going to do our relationship any favors at all if I kept on going but because we had that language between us I could say ah you know I think this is what I'm doing and I'm going to stop now and I'm sorry if that was unhelpful, but I know that, you know, my intentions would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm, I am so guilty in my own life of giving my gift and then noticing some resistance. And it's always, you know, I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, if you only knew how helpful I could be to you right now, <laughs> trying to give them my gift, they have no interest in it at all, but I think they need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the overgiving of your gift, that's probably been the most useful thing to me is realizing how I'm giving my gift in not helpful ways, that my own healing and growth is really attached to that awareness rather than the beauty in my gift, right? That there's a side, the healing part of it 
um, um, keeps coming out, keeps coming out. Yeah. Huh. I think it gives you so many options. And so if you're working with someone else who knows their gift, it just, it, it gives you a starting point that's, that's different and much more positive. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, the most important things about one another, really. Mm -hmm. And so you can speak from that place. It just cuts out an awful lot of confusion and potential for misunderstanding. I don't imagine it makes everything easier all of the time, but um, it, it feels like, I mean, I, I don't feel like I've even begun to understand how it might be helpful yet. I mean, I just feel like I'm a complete beginner with it all. But even I've even started practicing when I notice the situation is uncomfortable for me, say I'm, maybe I'm in a work situation, and I feel like I'm a bit frustrated or a bit unhappy with how I've, how I've done things. In the past, I would probably have just gone straight to the idea that I'm not a very good person. You know, that was, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a favorite response to pretty much any situation for most of my life. You know, it must be my fault and it must be that I'm just not good enough. Now I find if I, if I look at my gift, I can generally find out where the friction is. Mm. So maybe mm -hmm. I've been, you know, maybe I've done a, some sort of corporate training or workshop and I've felt like I'm, trying to be the person I think they want to, me to be rather than who I actually am. That can make me feel really unhappy if I feel like I can't be very open and honest in myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a clash with the part of my statement that says it's that's about sharing the rich truth of who you are. Mm -hmm. I want to create spaces where people feel safe and welcome to do that. But also I need to be able to do that. Otherwise... I don't feel complete. Mm -hmm. Does, you know, you mentioned this feeling of, you know, not, um, not feeling good enough. So it, it, is it true in you? Have you noticed that when you have that, that thought, do you ever think, but this is my gift. I need to be doing that. I need to set aside that thought for a moment. Does it give you courage to Knowing your gift give you courage to do what you need to do in the moment, even when it's hard? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really transformed the thought itself. You know, the I'm not good enough thought. I don't think that that shows up in me in the same way since recognizing my gift. Because that thought was always about comparing myself with other people and comparing myself with what I thought normal would look like and feeling that I wasn't that. Mm -hmm. now I don't have much interest in you know that rather homogenous view of what it means to be human I don't I don't I don't want to be someone else I want to be fully myself and to be able to bring everything that that involves so um I think the good enough thing has really changed, but yes, it does give me a source of courage because sometimes I, I frequently find myself in situations that absolutely terrify me. I find it showing up in my work all the time. Like I'll organize events or I'll bring people together or I'll be talking in front of a group of people 
And I can't tell you how much it scares me. It mm. really, really, really um, feels too much a lot of the time. And yet I, I create those situations over and over and over again. And since I've, so I used to do that in the old days before I knew about any of this stuff, particularly when I was working as a musician, I, you know, I put on a gig and people would come and it would be my band playing the music that I'd written and I'd be the person introducing everything. I would be so visible. It would be utterly terrifying to me. Um, and I remember going home after gigs and, and just crying because I'd get this awful feeling of shame that mm. I'd, I'd shown who I was and then I would feel ashamed to have done that. I'd feel like I'd drawn attention to myself or I'd said something stupid or I hadn't played very well or whatever it was. Um, and I thought when I stopped being a musician, I thought I could run away from those kinds of experiences. That's why I gave up my career as a musician because it was just too painful. And then in the work that I do now, I have a very similar experience. I don't beat myself up as much as I used to. It doesn't upset me as badly as it did, but I still find myself doing the same things essentially that I always did. And it's still hard. Mm -hmm. It still scares me, but I can see that that's a big part of who I am mm -hmm. and that I can't get away from that. So it's a question of kind of turning around and embracing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and something about knowing that that doesn't seem to be a negotiable aspect of myself does give me courage. Mm -hmm. That's sense? a great way to say it. It's not, it's not a negotiable part of myself. It's really who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I hear stories like that quite a bit, Katie, from people who know their gift and they seem to, they seem there's, there's a, it's like got a kind of a high of attraction to it. You keep finding situations where that, where that gift is necessary. And yet there's, it's scary at the same time. I hear that story constantly. It's like knowing your gift keeps you slightly at the edge of your seat, you know, and yet it feels like home. Yeah. And maybe what's different once you know your gift is that, so when I'm in those kinds of painful or difficult or challenging or scary situations now, what's different is I know that every time I show up and I do that thing anyway, there's a, there's a power in it. I think, I think when we inhabit those spaces, which are really ours, there's a power in it, hopefully for other people, but also there's a healing power in it, in, in it for ourselves. So I think that's maybe where the comfort and the courage comes from for me, because I don't feel like it's in vain. I don't feel like it's meaningless. I think that by doing that thing, I'm somehow helping myself to make peace with things that have happened in the past, to, to accept myself, to be a bit kinder. And that makes all the difference in the world, actually. God, wouldn't that be the point of it all? Wow. That is a great way to end, Katie. That is a great way to end. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Is there any, any, last, any last thing 
that occurs to you to say? I would like to ask people right at the last, anything you didn't say, anything that's occurring to you, because we're, 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 we're hanging up now. Only that I feel conscious that, um, that I feel like I've had goosebumps the whole time. I feel like um, everything in my body has felt slightly, um, has felt charged by this conversation. I feel like you could probably hear it in my voice, like my teeth would chatter almost <laughs> without me being cold. <laughs> and uh, I think that's funny because you and I talk a lot and I never feel, um, I never feel awkward or shy talking with you about things. And yet talking about this stuff, it's not uncomfortable, but uh, it's like everything in me wakes up when yeah. we do it. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. And also thank you for offering me and so many other people a way of making sense of our experience that feels so much kinder. Well, thanks, Katie. You know, I've spent a good bit of my life trying to figure out how I belong and what my own gifts are. And and um, so I just so appreciate these conversations about gifts that seem to really matter to people, particularly now in this world when there's just so much going on. Making a minute to focus on our gifts seems a, a good use of time. So a reminder to folks, we've been talking with Katie Elliott from Little Challenges. You can find her website. She's got uh, uh, just an amazing array of stuff on her website and five or six different ways that you can work with Katie. So I encourage you to visit her website and take a look. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To hear more podcasts, explore our gift library, or learn about our training opportunities, visit us at www.coregift.org.